So I've got a question that's always bothered me. The Bible says there's one God, but in other parts of the Bible, God is three, Father, Son, and Spirit. How can it be both? Yeah, this is a question that has mystified people for thousands of years. And while we can't fully explain it, I think we can better understand what it is that we can't fully understand. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, think of it this way. Here's a two-dimensional plane. And then here's an object with three dimensions that's going to pass through the 2D plane. Okay, right. From this perspective, the 3D objects above and below the plane. So now it makes sense. But imagine you were a 2D person stuck on the 2D plane. What would you see? I don't know. What would I see? Well, it would look like this. Oh, yeah, okay. From this perspective, it looks impossible. It's one object, and then, then two objects, and then three. But in reality, they're all one, just not in a way you're capable of understanding. Now, let's take this whole thing as a visual analogy for how we experience God. The claim in the Bible is that God is transcendent, a divine being through whom we live and move and have our being. Or, as God says, I am. Okay, but I live here in this universe, so when God appears, it will make sense in some ways, but in other ways, it will break my categories. Exactly. This happens all the time when people encounter the God of the Bible. So let's look first at how this happens in the Hebrew Scriptures. Throughout the Hebrew Scriptures, God appears in complicated ways that don't quite fit our categories. One common way this happens is with God's attributes. So an attribute is a way to describe what something is like. For example, a soccer ball is round. Right. Or God is wise. Yeah, great, let's take God's wisdom. So the book of Proverbs says that God created the world by his wisdom. But then there are also poems in the book of Proverbs that describe God's wisdom as a person, a coworker through whom God architected the universe. So God's attribute becomes a separate character? Yeah, this also happens with God's glory, which sometimes appears as a human figure on a throne that's engulfed in fire. Or take God's word, which he can speak to people, but sometimes his word appears like a person. Wait, so God's attributes have become new little gods? No, no. The biblical authors believe there's only one all-powerful God. But they're comfortable talking about them as different characters. Yeah, this is part of the way that the biblical authors portray the one God's complex identity. They're God's attributes and also distinct from God. Distinct from God and also God. Yes. Once we learn to spot that way of talking about God's identity, you begin to see it all over the scriptures. In fact, you find it in the first sentences of the Bible that mention the Spirit of God. So the opening line of the Bible is pretty familiar. In the beginning, God created. But then keep reading. Who is it that we see within creation hovering over the waters? The Spirit of God. Yeah, so the spirit refers to God's personal presence and energy that we can interact with here within creation. And so the Bible can refer to God's spirit as distinct from God. Distinct from God and also God. It's God's spirit. And while this sounds strange from our point of view, this complexity is what the biblical authors are trying to get us to see. So we've looked at God's attributes and God's spirit. Now let's make our last stop exploring God's complex identity in the Hebrew scriptures with a character called the Son of Man. So in the Bible, there's only one God that people are to worship, which makes this story in the book of Daniel really surprising. Daniel has a dream about a human figure called the Son of Man, which means a member of humanity. And Daniel dreams about this human getting elevated on a cloud up and then higher up. Up into God's space. Yes, and then this human sits at the right hand of God's heavenly throne and all humanity worships this human alongside God. A human where I expect to see God. Yeah, this human is a part of God's identity. This vision is about the climactic hope of the whole biblical story. God and humanity become one so they can rule the world together as one. So the Son of Man is distinct from God and also God. Exactly. So think back over everything we've looked at. In the Hebrew Scriptures, God's identity is complex. And so when Jesus' followers encountered God as the Father, Son, and the Spirit, they already had categories for how these could all be the one God of the Bible. Okay, let's talk about that. Okay, so in the New Testament, we're introduced to Jesus of Nazareth. And he's human, but way more. His favorite title to call himself was the Son of Man. The figure in Daniel's vision. 
And the claim is that he is this complex God become human to unite other humans with God. Okay, so the Gospels portray Jesus as fully human. And also as Yahweh, the God of Israel. Jesus went around saying and doing things that only Yahweh can do, like forgiving people's sins or calming the chaotic waters. So they're saying Jesus is a human, distinct from God, and also God. Yeah, and that might sound crazy unless you've been reading the Hebrew scriptures, which prepared you for it. And then check this out. Jesus' first followers, the apostles, talked about his identity using the language of God's attributes. They called Jesus the glory of God, or the apostle Paul called Jesus the wisdom of God. Or John opens his gospel calling Jesus the word of God through whom the world was created. And then he says, the word was with God and was God. Okay, I get what they're doing and it hurts my brain. Totally. And if you want to spin your brain even more, consider this. Jesus, who's portrayed as God become human, would talk to God as a distinct person. And when he did, he called him father. When Jesus talked about God, he wasn't referring to an abstract force or energy. He was talking about a personal being that you can relate to. There's a lot of personal images of God in the Bible, ruler, creator, judge. But Jesus consistently referred to God as my father. Jesus experienced God as a source of infinite love. He said, the father has loved me since before the creation of the world. Apparently, Jesus knew the Father as an eternally others-centered, life-giving being. Right, like in the story about Jesus' baptism, when the Father says from heaven, this is my son whom I love. And then keep reading, in that story, the person who brings that message of love from the Father to the Son is the Spirit of God. So we've talked about God's Spirit. Here within creation, it's through the Spirit that we interact with the divine. Yeah, and the same was true for Jesus. Through the Spirit, he experienced the Father's love. But it didn't stop there. Jesus promised that through him, the Spirit would go out and share the Father's love with all humanity and with all creation. So it can look like these are three distinct gods, but in some way that transcends my view of reality, they're also one. Right. This is what later followers of Jesus called the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit are the one God of the Bible. I could see how they got there. But this isn't just a philosophy puzzle. To describe God as a triunity is to claim that the universe is held together by an eternal community of love. Which is something that I can't really understand. But the God of the Bible isn't a being that you understand. The point is to know and be known by this God so that we can participate in his love. just huge, isn't it? <laughs> our poor little brains just can't keep up. But I'm sure loving our study as we're looking at God and getting to know him. And I've loved hearing your stories. Thank you for texting and emailing and messaging me what God's doing in you through these messages. Um, I, I love that we're not talking about a theory or a belief we're talking about a real being, that he's real and he's interacting with us. And uh, I'm just excited to keep going. And today, we're talking about uh, a part of God that I think can be scary, maybe. Um, and we shouldn't be scared. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, and actually, I want to start off by um, uh, <laughs> talking about encouragement. Um, I really love encouragement. I don't know what happens, but when somebody speaks like this encouraging thing, I feel happy. Have you ever... Anyone else? It's not just me? <laughs> you know, when somebody says, I see what you did today. I noticed what you did. That's amazing what you did. What does that do inside of you? You're like, oh, yeah, it's good. Or I just want to point out, I'm seeing something in you that I don't think you understand is a gifting. Everyone's not like that. That's really special about you. How does that make you feel? You're like, keep saying it. <laughs> I'd like to hear more, please. 
you know, what is it about the power of words like that? They, like, lift us. Um, I think I'm addicted to it, honestly. I can't get enough of it. I would like you all to encourage me all the time. Anyone else? I would like to, like, can we just, like, not have any of the criticism words? I'd like to get rid of those. They're not the funnest. And I would just like, like, all the positive things, right? So um, I'm not talking about being nice. It doesn't work if it's not true. You know what I'm saying? It only works if, you're, if something inside of you goes, yeah, yeah. Now, do you guys know the love languages? Um, five love languages. Quality time, gifts, I like that one. Um, touch. Acts of service and words of affirmation. Thank you. I knew I was missing the one that is my husband. Acts of service. <laughs> um, I'm a real words of affirmation person, also a gifts person. But the gifts have to have meaning. They need to be symbolic, which is a word of affirmation in the item. Do you know what I'm saying? Just don't go buy me a gift because I will return it. Right, honey? Yes. Um, but if it has meaning and it speaks about our relationship... Like maybe we've had tea together and it's our favorite kind of tea, right, Jesse? We like to give tea to each other. Um, you know, something that really embodies the truth of our relationship. So I was talking about this with Josh and uh, because he is acts of service and touch. And so he doesn't really care about words of affirmation. In fact, I have taken a lot of time to hand make him cards and write love notes. And I've told you this before, but he like <laughs> opens them like, rips the envelope open without care and just, like, reads it and literally, you guys, puts it in the trash. <laughs> so early on in our marriage, I was like, so I'm going to educate you in the ways of receiving a card. You put it beside your bed and you look at it several times and each time you say, thank you for this card, babe. <laughs> and he started doing it, but you know what? It wasn't genuine and I could feel it. <laughs> So I have stopped writing you cards, truth? Okay, so then we had this super surprising conversation where we were talking about encouragement, and I said to him, well, I know encouragement doesn't, doesn't really mean anything to you. And he said, that's not true. Encouragement is really important to me. When you encourage me, it, I'm gonna read it, because it was so profound, I had to write it down. See, writing words down is good. <laughs> With, I joke, you guys are really, uh, you've got your funny bone out today, I can feel I'm hitting it. Um, he said, when you give me encouragement, I know who I am to you. Yeah. I was like, dude, that's profound. And you even said, when you were telling me, you're like, man, I'm really excited about this. I think I just, like, I'm seeing something. I'm seeing something new and real. When we encourage each other, we're actually like, building a relationship between us. It speaks of worth. It speaks of identity. It's really powerful, right? So when I was six, um, I, uh, there was a teacher at my school that was Christian. And I, you know, as six, I did not know that there were Christians who I didn't know at church, right? So this was my first one of someone that I'd never met before. And I was like, you know Jesus too? Like, I remember this feeling. It's so clear to me. I, my mind was just blown about meeting this teacher. And he wasn't in my classroom all the time, but I remember this one experience, and I'm going to be honest, I don't remember the words, strangely. But I was six. It's a long time ago. But I remember the feeling of when I talked to him. And, and so this is what the feeling was. It's like he said to me, I see that you know God. I see it. And um, you love him, don't you? I see that. And he loves you. And do you know, he has a strong plan for your life. Now, what this did in me was it shaped me. And it changed me. Because what he said was true, but I hadn't, like, owned it or... You know what I mean? It, hadn't, it wasn't built in me like a rod. And that day it was like this word that he spoke, it, 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 it gave me identity. 
And that has shaped my life. I've known my whole life, God loves me, I love him, and he has a strong plan for me. I just, I've known it. And so when I've had friends that have, like, I have a lot of friends that walked with the Lord in their teen years and have walked away from him totally, and I don't understand. Because I, he, <laughs> he's real and he's there and his love is incredible and I don't understand. But I think it's because from a young age, I knew something. And those were not just nice words. And honestly, you guys, they weren't even encouraging words. They were more powerful than that. And I think as humans, we're really good at encouragement. Some are better than others. You know, you meet someone that just overflows with encouragement. I tend to like walk closely to those people. <laughs> you know, don't you? You're like, I like it when they talk to me because it makes me feel amazing. But that's just the beginning. What if our words are way more powerful than that? What if our words are life-changing? What would we do if we knew that the words we speak can actually transform humans and our nation? I just wonder if I haven't been uh, identifying and walking in that, you know? So today we're going to go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1, and we're going to talk about the very first thing that God reveals about himself to us. It's the very first thing. At this point, Genesis 0, 0, Genesis chapter 0, verse 0, right? We know nothing yet, okay? We know nothing about God. So erase all the things that you know. Don't erase them for reals. Just pretend. (laughs) All of a sudden, it was very sci-fi in my mind. I was like, if you can actually do that, don't do that. Um, let's just see who God is. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. So this is the name, actually this is more like a title or description of God. Elohim is God. It's a cool word. It means like big being, sovereign, almighty, huge. Like this is, like I can't, there's no words, right? And it's this, it's this creator. It's this like, it's the one. It's this being, okay? So in the beginning, Elohim created. And this word created is bara. Can you guys say that? Bara, actually, bara, it has like a thing in it, bara, right, right, Zach, come on. So this word means created something from nothing. It's like, because I can create things. If you like give me a piece of paper and a pencil, I can create something, but that's creating something from something, which God also does because there's another word in the Genesis account of creation, asa, and it means create something from something. Creating something from the potential that was there. Like when he, you know, there's, there's a day two, I think, there's um, the earth is made and he separates the water from the land, asa, okay? The potential was there, but he had to create it. Okay, it's still a miracle moment. It's still a work of God, but it, it, it's a different kind of creation. Get that? But today we're going to talk about bara. Something from nothing. There was nothing, and now there's something. The earth was without form and void means nothing. It was void, just nothing. And darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the spirit of Elohim was moving over the surface of the waters. We saw that in that video we just watched, right? I love this because here's Elohim, the the creator God, the sovereign almighty, the one who speaks and acts, and then here's the spirit of Elohim down close where the action is happening. 
It's like almost like God in two places, right? It's the one that's overseeing and it's the one that's right close, intimately working. It's such a cool picture. Um, and then the spirit of Elohim, he brings meaning to a place that had no form, you know? He brings um, uh, something where there was just a void, okay? So you feel that amazingness about him? It's like, it's, it's just incredible. So, uh, and then Elohim said, let there be light and there was light. So um, Abraham talks about it, or we see this in the story of Abraham in Romans. Abraham believed in the God who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. There's a, uh, a level of this that we just can't understand. It's kind of like when you try and think about eternity past and eternity future. Do you guys' brains ever hurt, hurt when you think about forever? No beginning, no ending. It's just forever and ever and ever. My brain f- hurts. I just am like, I don't get it. I don't understand that. What do you mean forever and ever and ever and ever? God has existed forever and ever and ever and ever. You know, it's like, and now he's creating stuff from nothing. And it's just like, <laughs> it's like, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. So there's another place that the word vara is used outside of the context of creation that I think is going to show us a little more depth so we can try and understand or, or at least glimpse of understand. This is... Um, This is King David. Uh, This is after he took Bathsheba and murdered her husband so he could have her. And, um, you know, David was described as the man after God's own heart. He was precious to the Lord, chosen, set apart, and he is terrible. Self-serving, lustful, um, so powerful he can do whatever he wants that he took a man's wife while he was off at battle and then murdered him so he could have her. I mean, the story is shameful, this man, after God's own heart, the beloved one. And here's David's response to that. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Bara in me, a clean heart, O Elohim. Renew a right and loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. He's just crying out. Create in me a clean heart, O Elohim. When you read it in your Bible, it says, O God. But that word God is Elohim. He is quoting from Genesis for his own life. And you know what he's saying? He's not saying, I messed up, and if you could forgive me and just clean my heart and and give me a new, like a do-over, that would be great. He's not saying that. He's saying, take whatever's in me and throw it away. Genesis in me, create in me, but ah, something from nothing. I need a brand new I am worthless. I am bad. Like, make something new in me. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. You know what's amazing? David is our, um, a prophet about us. You know? He is the embodiment of all of our hearts, isn't he? And this is beautiful. This is prophetic. This is pointing to the fact that we need Jesus, isn't it? We need God to butter something new inside of us. And you guys, guess what? God says, yes. Because God was your creator at the beginning of time and he made your body and he made everything we see. And again, he borrowed a new spirit in us. It's so amazing. Now, if anyone belongs to Christ, he has become an entirely new creation and all that is related to the old order has vanished. How good is that? Behold, everything is fresh and new and God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. David's cry was a foreshadowing of this truth. So amazing. Elohim is your creator. 
You are his creation. So what do we know about, you know, we're not in Genesis chapter 0 verse 0 anymore. We're Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. What do we know about this Elohim? What do we know about him so far? He creates something from nothing. That is exactly it. That's what we know. So what do we know about God now? He creates something from nothing. Got it? Okay. We're good. We can move on. We got it. Then Elohim said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So Elohim barad man in his own image. In the image of Elohim, he barad him. Male and female, he barad them. God is one who creates something from nothing, and you are made in his image, in his likeness. So what do we know about us? Who are we? Children of God? We're creators. Made in his identity. We know a lot about God today because we have this gift of the scriptures that we can see. But right now, this story is telling us that we were made in his image and likeness and who he is is a creator, a sovereign one who speaks light and it happens, who, who conceives life and delivers it, right? That's me. I am a creator. You are a creator. Now, Josh was telling me, yeah, but I'm not creative, Anyone else feel that way? You're like, that's great. But I'm not creative. Who, where are the artsy people? And you're like, that's right, I'm creative. <laughs> Carrie's like, I'm half and half. Um, engineering, mechanics, ideas, plans, relationships. We create all the time. In fact, I want to argue that everything we do is creating. Everything. There's nothing that we do that is not creating, creative. We're made in his image. We can't help it. It's what happens. From a very young age, you start like constructing things and coming up with ideas. And we're just creators, aren't we? We just create and create and create because we're made in his image. Programming, video games. I mean, we, right? I was just thinking about my son because he wants to be a Lego engineer or a video game designer, or a video game engineer, because he says, Mom, do you know that engineers get to play games and test them? So what he really wants to do is play games. But that's okay. <laughs> Starting from scratch, he made the entire human race and made the earth hospitable with plenty of time and space for living so we could seek after God and not just grope around in the dark, but actually find him. He doesn't play hide and seek with us. He's not remote. He's near. For in him, we live and function and have our identity. So, you know, humans are great. We can create stuff. We can speak encouraging words. We're builders. We're creators. We have that within us because we're made in his image and likeness. Okay? We see that. You see that all around. Yeah? There's something more when we are living in him. Function and have our identity. Another translation that you might, for people who know other, the, the translations that we all memorized as children, in him we live and move and have our being. When you are in that realm, you're directly connected to Elohim Hubara. On our own, we're made in his image and likeness, and that's great. But our source is just, did I say source, right? Because sometimes people think I said sauce. <laughs> our source. <laughs> I'm not talking ketchup. You know, our source 
is not enough when we are just creating from ourselves. And people will talk about like divine inspiration or just a light bulb or just this thing that happened. And um, actually, Maya Angelou um, talked about how for her, poetry came rushing across the, the plane and she just had to be in the right place to catch it as it passed through. That's how she felt about poems. There's something about us um, needing a source that's outside of us. And that's what this is talking about. And you guys, when you accept Jesus and you say, God, I am your child. I'm in. I'm a part of your plan. You are immersed in him, in Elohim, the one who barad. That means that we have this unlimited ability to create and create and create and create and create life. Something from nothing. Do you have any situation in your life right now where you're like, I got nothing? This is good news. This is exciting. Without him, without his power, an encouraging word could last a day or two. With him, his power, his words being spoken to people, utterly transforming. Have you ever experienced that? Somebody has spoken a word into you, and it has like, I mean, you could spend years trying to self-improve to that moment. You know what I mean? And God does it in, let there be light. You and I have access to that. (laughs) What are we doing? (laughs) This is amazing. The same God who made the world is the same God who wants to be in relationship with us and the same Holy Spirit that hovered over the darkness and brought life and form and meaning and purpose and function and life is the same Holy Spirit that lives in you, lives in me. We are containers for the bara work of Elohim. I just don't think we know it. <laughs> We're partners with him. Ezekiel. The Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Good response. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied just as he told me. Suddenly I spoke, sorry, suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then I watched muscles and flesh formed over the bones. The skin formed to cover their bones, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. I love this passage, don't you guys? It's like, oh my gosh. And this is a prophecy about Israel. This was very specific to their situation. What I love about this for us is we see God, Elohim, but our creation, there is nothing here. It's, those muscles didn't grow from those dry bones. Those dry bones were nothing. There's no life in them at all. This is Bara in action, and he is partnering with a guy, Ezekiel. This is exactly an illustration of who we are. God speaks, we hear it, and we speak it. That's called prophecy. That's actually called Bara words. If we really think about it, right? God spoke things that hadn't happened yet 
and then they happened, Genesis 1-1, right? That's prophecy. Speaking about something and then it happens is prophecy, right? This is why I think sometimes this scares us. <laughs> because here's the deal. You are a prophet. I am a prophet. Why? Because God lives inside of us, and he is a prophet. He is prophetic. What he speaks happens, and we are the ones that carry that presence on this planet. Right? Where is the Holy Spirit hovering now? Is he out and about hovering on the waters? He's in us, hovering in our lives, and we are the ones that carry him to places where people aren't wanting him, <laughs> you know? We are this creation, this creation work on the planet today. So, there's a lot of forms that prophecy can take. We often see it in church where people were worshiping the Lord and so we kind of get in the zone. Do you know what I mean? Because life is so earthy, isn't it? We just are so human. And then we just come in and you, we spend time worshiping God. And it, we're kind of like, okay, God, I'm in your zone. I want to be in your presence. I want to feel that, right? And then oftentimes as we're worshiping God with music, sometimes words are spoken and one was spoken this morning. And we would call that prophecy, right? Somebody hears something from the Lord, believes, I think this is for the church, and we bring it. And the Bible tells us, test the words of prophecy, because the scripture we know is absolutely authoritative, and the prophetic words that we're speaking to each other, we have got to test them, right? Because yeah. we're human. Yeah. But he's putting this holiness in us yeah. so we could speak. And that's one thing that happens, and that's on Sundays, and that's super cool. But this is a part of your everyday life. Um, in 1 Corinthians, it says that prophecy strengthens, encourages, comforts, and that prophecy strengthens and builds up the whole church. We need this. Um, Ephesians 4, you know, <laughs> have you guys heard the, the phrase, speak the truth in love? Do you guys know that one? Speak the truth in love. I think we've let it become something that it wasn't supposed to be. It, I think we use it like this. Well, if nobody else is going to say anything to them, I will speak the truth in love. Don't, I mean, come on. Isn't that how sometimes we use it? Yeah. Let me speak the truth in love to them about their outfit and how it's not appropriate. I don't know. Whatever we're going to speak the truth in love about. Or I'm just going to come and speak the truth in love, man, because there's a problem and I want to fix it. That's really what we're saying, Right? Like truth is separate from love. And like truth is only the bad stuff. That's not what truth is. Do you know what truth is? Let there be light. That's truth spoken in love. Right there. Bara is, I believe, the fullness of speak the truth with love. In Ephesians 4 it says, when we speak the truth with love... It brings growth and maturity until we measure up to the full stature of Christ. We need these words. We need these bara words. We need to be speaking truth love. We need to be speaking love truth. Do you know what I mean? We need to be speaking the word of God, the creative word of God that brings life and hope and freedom and new identity, right? We need to be speaking growth words. We should be asking God, Speak bara through me, God. Speak creative, life-giving words through me. I think the reason why prophecy can seem scary is because sometimes it ends up being harsh. Or um, also, um, speaking out loud can be totally overwhelming, right? And, and sometimes it's hard to hear him. And I mean, there's a lot going on, you know? Um, but if we don't have that, what happens to us? Let's just say we don't have the bara word of God in our lives at all. What happens to us? Shrivel up, don't grow. You have to talk a little louder for me. Dry bones. Dry bones. 
yeah, you guys, without the creator creating new life in us, it's an ongoing process, right? And without this process in our lives, we decline. And so without these words in place, the church will not be built up in strength. It will not come to maturity. We need this so much. Apostle Paul says, I wish all of you would prophesy. So today I'm going to just like echo him. I wish all of us would prophesy. All the time. The word says that we're going to give an account for every idle word we speak. Do you know what that means? Fruitless words. Words that don't do anything. Any idle word. So I think we made it like, well, well, don't, don't, um, don't tell inappropriate jokes because we'll get, we'll get judged for that. <laughs> we'll have to give an account, probably. But this specifically, these idle words, I think I fill my life with a, a lot. You know, hi, how you doing? Good, good, good. Okay, see you next week. Idle. What happened there? There was no relationship built. There was no life given. It was an amazing opportunity to connect with another human being and say, God, what do you want to say about them? Okay, I'll say it. And... So, you are made in his image and likeness, and you are filled with the Holy Spirit who created everything. And you can speak life. Do you have dry bone issues? People in your life that are not walking like they should? It can feel like, you know... We want to say things to correct, you know? I I think we feel like, I should say something. I should say something to correct. I I should, right? And I should, don't we, do you ever feel that way? Like, I don't want to say something, but I should say something. Do you ever feel that way? I just wonder if we went back to the Lord and said, God, I want to partner with you in the Barah things. (laughs) Do we, do you have something good for me to say? Do you have something life-giving? I want to speak identity, I want to speak growth. You know, there will be times when he asks us to speak correction, but why don't we put that aside for now and start with the life words? That's what he started with. True? Yeah. Your roommates, your parents, your spouse, your children, whoever you live with, they are desperate for life words. Without them, they will shrivel, not grow, not become mature. They're desperate for life words. And you hold them. And you need to speak them. You need to, don't you? If we don't speak identity to people, guess where people get identity from? Any old place. Any place. Right? We get to speak the truth. We get to speak, like, God's perspective of them, God's truth of them. And we should be rushing in to do that, shouldn't we? These kids that we saw up here this morning that we were praying for about supporting them for camp, absolutely pray and give to those kids because they need to have any chance they can to encounter God, right? Also, speak life words into them when you see them. Good morning, son of God called and chosen. I see you loving kids. Life-changing. I want to say something that I didn't want to say, but I feel like maybe I should say it. And so will you bear with me as we talk about it, just for a second, ask for grace about it. When I was prepping this sermon... The thing that stirred in me um, was our outrage as a church, national or global church, um, about the laws that have been passed. And it came up this morning in a prophecy, and I wasn't going to talk about it, but now I kind of feel like maybe I should talk about it. Um, Because it's right, right? This is a grievous thing. Because because God loves people. (laughs) Okay. But it's complex. It's very complicated. We acknowledge that too, right? is not cut and dried because taking care of a baby is a lot of work and a lot of money and and it's tricky right do we all acknowledge this is a tricky one 
when I was watching the news about this thing, which is funny because I don't like watching the news because it's terrible, but I was watching the news and I felt this like, in my heart, and I felt him say, if you had been speaking life words to the places I had put you, this country would not have spiraled so far away. It's your fault. So that's what he said to me. I'm just going to present it out to us. I don't know. Test it. Is this a word for us? If we speak life words and truth and identity and we invest his love into people and we build up and we encourage and we, do you know what I mean? Life will be birthed and hope will be found and strength will grow. But because we're not doing that, the country is, like we said, not growing in him. If we don't speak the life words of God, who will? Who will? Your neighbours should know life words. Do you know their names? Get to know them and reach out. You have been placed in your neighbourhood. You've got to speak life or there's a power in this that we don't even understand, is there, guys? Do you feel that? I hope this is hopeful and not, like, condemning. Is it coming across as hopefulness? His hope is in us for the world. We've got to speak it. I want people to know that God's people speak life. So when we have to speak correction, there's already relationship there. Because we've, we've invested so much life and goodness into people's lives that then when you go, ah, that one's not so good, they're like, okay, okay, because you've been building in me anyway. I trust you. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, you've already, have you all been corrected by someone who has no relationship? Like you visit your grandparents one time a year and they're like, don't eat like that. And you're like, who are you? Who are you to tell me how to eat? I only have to put up with you for a week a year. You know what I mean? Like without relationship, correction doesn't work so well. Now, God sometimes has us do that. So I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not declaring a total thing, right? But we could get this part right, couldn't we? So what holds us back? First of all, I think we didn't know. I mean, I've known a lot about prophecy in my life, but this has really like, woo, to my soul, where I'm like, I've got to be every morning, get up and go, I'm going in on this. I'm all in. Actually, can I read you this really funny, awesome verse? (laughs) The master God has given me a well-taught tongue, so I know how to encourage tired people. He wakes me up in the morning, wakes me up, opens my ears, to listen as one ready to take orders. The master God opened my ears and I didn't go back to sleep and I didn't pull the covers back over my head. (laughs) Is that such a great thing? You guys, I want to say I'm in. I will not put the proverbial covers over my head anymore. I will not go back to sleep and pretend you didn't ask me to say something. I want to be alive to the Barah words. I want to hear you speak them and speak them out, right? So how do we start doing this? The best place to start is to start doing it. It's the best place to start. Start doing it. So we're going to do that right now. First of all, pull out Psalm 51 and make it a part of everyday life. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Create in me a clean heart. I want to be your vessel. I want to be purified. I want to be able to speak your words and not my own, right? We want to constantly pray that. The second thing is, I think we just need to tell him. I didn't know, and I'm sorry I didn't know, that your Barah words are inside of me waiting to come out. I'm in. I'll be a part of your kingdom like Ezekiel did. I want to speak to dry bones. Use me. I'm signing up, right? And the third thing I think we need to think about is, like, don't be afraid of failing. Practice, 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 practice. And you'll see. Sometimes, you know, I've spoken something to someone, and afterwards I'm like, eh, I think that was more me than God. That's okay. Encouraging words are fine, right? They still bring a form of life. And then I just say, God, how did I miss that? Oh, my compassion was bigger than my ability to hear you. Got it. Okay. Right? 
That happens, but we've got to keep practicing and practicing and practicing, okay? Um, so, because God is alive and he wants to talk to you. So, like he said, he's not playing hide and seek. He wants this with you. He's invited you into this partnership. He's present. He's right with you right now. The Holy Spirit inside of you right now, growing a Barah word. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a couple minutes, and we're going to pray. You guys ready? Excited? Light. We're going to speak light. So we're going to ask the Lord, who... Do you want to speak to me about? It could be anyone. Let him give you a name, a face, anyone. Okay? I'm not going to make you do anything with this. So don't be like, if I don't picture a name, I don't have to do anything. Like, don't. Just go with it. I'm not going to force you to do anything. We're just practicing. Okay? All right. So let's pray. So Elohim, we want to partner with you in a Barah word. We want to be your life-speaking representatives on this planet. God, who do you want me to think about right now. Who do you want to talk to me about? A name or a face. And then maybe you've got a bunch. Just choose one. And now we're going to ask him, all right, Father, what do you say about them, their identity? your life words for them. It might be a picture or a word or a feeling. It might be a memory. Write it down. There's paper in front of you or you pull out your phone, write it down if you need to. Okay, how'd that feel? Got anything? If you did not get anything, your homework is to do this again tonight <laughs> and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. Just pencil it in, uh, ink it in, chisel it in to your schedule, <laughs> permanent marker it in. Ask the Lord, what am I supposed to do with this word now? And then do whatever he says. If he tells you, I want you to pray it. So just pray it. I pray this truth over that person. They may never know it, but I'm praying it because prayer is effective and powerful. Sometimes we should pray more than say it out loud. True. We like to say things to people. But sometimes we should just declare it in prayer. Yeah? You can also just speak it out. I do. I declare that this person is whole in you and you are their hope. And I just declare it and speak it out. This is not positive affirmations. This is not, oh, I'm just throwing it into the cosmos and see, see what happens, right? You've heard people talk like that. I'm just going to put it out into the universe and see what the universe brings me. That's not that. Those people talking like that, guess what they're craving? This. Amen. Right? So ask the Lord, am I supposed to give this to him? Write them a card, send them a text, send them a Facebook message, whatever you do. Just ask him what to do. Is that, is that cool? I'm going to do one more thing. I'm going to ask the Lord for a message for this church. A Barah word, a life-giving, building up to maturity so till we're in the full stature of Christ, life word. Is that okay? So let's ask him for this church, this Lake Sam family. What does he say about us? Who are we? What does he say? Is that okay? Can we do that? Okay, Father, speak Barah to us. What do you want to say to us about who we are today, this church family today, God? It might be an image, a picture. It might be one word. It might be a feeling. God shows things to us in a lot of different ways because we are all unique. And now we're going to speak those things out. You don't have to if you don't want to. 
But if you feel like the Lord has stirred a barat word inside of your spirit, and it's for now and it's for speak out, I would like to do that. Is that okay? And we're just practicing, guys, right? We're just practicing. We're just going to speak it out. And you'll know once you've said it how it felt coming out, you know? And we'll know as a church what God's doing, right? So I've got a couple mics ready to go. So if you have something that you're like, I think the Lord wants to say it, I'm going to say this. If you feel like you have a corrective word for this church, please save that for another time. You can email it to me. I'd love to get it. Justine M at Lake Sam or hello at lakesam.org. Both of those come to me. So if you have a corrective word, that's excellent. We want those. But today I'm talking about this bara life word. Got it? Also, don't feel like you have to preamble. We don't need to know, like, well, this morning when I was walking in, da, 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 da. you don't need to say any of that. You just say, the word God said. Put the mic down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we don't have to fancy it up. Don't be, you know, when you're nervous, you t- if you're like me, you talk more when you're nervous. Hence my long sermons. Um, guys, we've got some runners. So who feels like I've got a barah word that's for this church for right now? Okay, I'm just going to trust you guys to look around and run the mics. Builders. Ooh, thank you, God. We want to be builders. Hope of glory. Hope of glory. Uh, got... Be open. Yeah. Uh, then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, that is, be open. Immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loose. Ooh. God, we want that. God, open our eyes, open our ears, loose our tongues that we could hear you and speak you. Do you guys feel that? That seems like a right word. I see you. I see your heart that wants me in fullness. I see your heart that wants to go after me. I'm here for you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oasis. Oasis. God, make us an oasis for people. City on a hill. Oh, God, we want to be that. Seek me and speak me. Ooh, seek me and speak me. Tools. Tools. God, use us. We are a light that drives out the darkness. Ah. Oh. A light that drives out the darkness. You guys, do you feel these words? These are life words. Do you feel dry bones growing skin right now? Do you feel that? Tithe. 10% tithe. Tithe. Wow. Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. Gosh, it moves me to tears, (laughs) honestly. Did you know we could do this? Caring and seeing people as they are and loving them. Mm. You guys, if these are just nice words, they won't change us. They'll feel good for today, right? But if these are God's bara words, he will remind us and build on it. Connect. Connect. God, we just bring these words to you. Let them be words in our lives, Lord, that this church would be those things, builders, tools, a light, a city, an oasis, a city on a hill, an oasis that people can come to. God, that we would be connected, that we would tithe, that we would be obedient, that our eyes and ears would be loosed, that our tongues would be loosed. Lord, God, all of these words. Grow us, God. Mature us. And I just pray for everyone here, Father, that you would stir up a gift of life speaking. God, a deposit from you right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and fall that you would fill and empower, that you would overflow. 
God, that we would not be human, but we would be bara speakers, that we would not be restricted, but we would be overflowing with your power, Lord. I just feel in this room right now that there are people that you are being changed by the Holy Spirit. You didn't know how to do this, and he's changing you today. You have been placed where you are placed. You have been placed by him to speak a word. Step into it. See the life he'll bring. Don't hide under the covers. Stand in it. Amen? Guys, reach forward and grab communion. When we partner with him, we're saying that we are one with Christ. And communion gives us that moment. So we're going to take communion in our own time. Okay, guys? Our worship team is going to lead us in a song. And as we sing, talk to him about this. This is your body broken for me, and I accept it. And this is your blood that cleanses me and washes me clean, and I take it in. I am yours, God. I am all in. I am a truth speaker, a life speaker, and I am full of your power. Right, guys?